from the CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Casa de Monte Cristo here in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. This is a bold episode of the CigarCast. We're on the road. Well, setting up microphones this close to Music Row, I yeah. went in the humidor to get a cigar, came out, had to run off some three-chord Charlie trying to bang out Margaritaville on a guitar. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of dangerous. <laughs> Banjos and mandolins just started falling from the ceiling. And <laughs> all the way. Well, the, the um, guitar check girl, she offered me a ticket, but I didn't have a guitar. She wondered what instrument I had in there. I told her it was podcast gear. <laughs> Everybody down here plays, that's for sure. That's right. This is Nashville. Everybody either knows a musician or has one sleeping on their couch. That's right. That's and exactly our guest right. this evening is the manager of Casa de Monte Cristo here in Nashville, Larry. Larry, thank you so much for having us here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We appreciate y'all coming here. It's exciting whenever we get to take the show on the road and interview new and different people. You know, we've been doing this for a while, and and we tend to talk to the same people and and record at the same table. It's nice to get out and, and kind of broaden our horizons a little bit. Well, so I've been coming here since y'all opened. The first weekend y'all opened, I actually made the trip up here. I was very excited, been reading the news about it, and y'all had all the patio furniture, which for some reason has has changed. It's underwater. (laughs) (laughs) This week it's underwater. Everything's underwater this week. And it quit raining today right after I rain X'd my windshield. Well, that worked out good. Yeah, it worked two days ago. I could have saved some flooding. That's That's the modern rain dance. (laughs) But okay, Larry, how did you back into this gig? Tell us all about it. Well, um, I was living over in North Carolina and um, had kind of semi-retired from uh, from my career and just looking for something to do. And I took a job part time in my local cigar shop, which was uh, uh, the JR outlet there in Burlington, North Carolina. Huge humidor. Uh, really great shop, great people there, and uh, loved it there. And uh, caught on with them part time, and man, it was just a lot of fun. Now, yeah. was that your first for- foray into the cigar industry? It was. Uh, I've been smoking cigars for almost 25 years, and uh, that was the shop that I always went to and uh, bought my first cigar there in '92. And um, what was it? I got to know. <sighs> <laughs> it was a Mayorga. Um, All right. I didn't know anything about cigars, but I thought the box was cool. And uh, so I bought uh, three Mayorgas for a camping trip with some buddies. And uh, uh, we were uh, paddling some kayaks down a river. And, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was the one. That was the, uh, that was the uh, cigar that I bought to take with us. And we smoked them. And uh, I started smoking cigars uh, semi-regularly. And then uh, as time went on, I smoked more. Uh, Not to the level that I smoke now, of course. Of course not, yeah. But uh, uh, got into them a little more. Uh, I didn't buy a whole lot more uh, Mayorgas after that, uh, but I did buy a few. And um, just started branching out, and, uh, uh, you know, that was my shop. So, um, uh, you know, after taking a little time off from work, I said, you know, i got to get out of the house. I'm going crazy here. Uh, just sitting around, and um, so I, I took a job part time there. And as much as I love the cigars and learning about cigars from the staff there, um, the customers is what really clicked with me. Um, I hadn't worked in retail since I was, you know, 20 years old, and it just felt great. You know, I'd 
kind of sworn to myself I was never going to work another job where uh, I didn't have fun and really, you know, just enjoy what I was doing. And in there, I felt very much at home and I could take care of customers and, uh, you know, do something I really love to do. And what a bonus to be able to smoke cigars at work. <laughs> Absolutely. And I thought, you know, gosh, hanging out with friends, smoking cigars, I, you know, this is what I'd be doing if I wasn't working. <laughs> so uh, um, uh, I caught on there for a while and, and uh, stayed there, um, gosh, um, thinking now uh, a year, year and a half. And um, uh, it just seemed very natural. And, you know, one day they... Uh, posted a job on the job board in the break room that uh, they were going to be opening a, a new store in Nashville. And, you know, I had been through some life changes, uh, you know, family changes, and uh, uh, it was down to just me and my son at home. And, and I thought, wow, Nashville, that sounds pretty cool. And uh, kind of opportunity for a fresh change. And, and uh, uh, I said, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring for that. And, uh, Long story, uh, uh, not as long as it could be, I suppose. Uh, uh, I'm not retired anymore. You know, <laughs> I work a lot of hours, but I have fun, and uh, you know, I never have trouble getting up in the morning and coming to work because I, you know, I just love it here, and uh, it's no different than uh, the part-time job in Burlington. I love the customers here, and uh, that makes the job. You know, the cigars are a fun part of the job, but the customers are are what I look forward to every day coming in. So. Uh, that's that's just been a, a real blessing for me to come and enjoy coming to work every day. And I know you've got a great group of regulars that come in here. I mean, I, I, I'm in here a few times a week usually lately, and, and I see the same faces over and over. You guys have a great following here. We've been really blessed that uh, and fortunate that um, from right after we opened, um, uh, we had really a couple of core groups of people that embraced us from the get-go, and uh, uh, hopefully they feel like we embrace them. Uh, one was the uh, Nashville Cigar Crew. Mm-hmm. Um, we welcomed them with open arms, and, and uh, they reciprocated and, and turned out uh, right from the get-go and really got us through those first few months, um, you know, when things could have been really lean. Um, they kept us, you know, kept us going and, and um, uh, kept us busy. And then, of course, as you mentioned, being uh, uh, near Music Row and close to downtown, uh, we've got a lot of um, uh, musicians, artists, sounds engineers, you know, all those type of folks that uh, will pop down here for a quick smoke or a business meeting. And um, they've been uh, steady and and loyal, and uh, they just come in and and have a good time. And we've met so many interesting and and, uh, fun people to be around, great stories, and and, uh, you know, they've been coming from the very beginning uh, because we're close. And um, uh, we've tried to roll out the red carpet and treat everybody the same. And uh, we're really fortunate to have a very diverse and uh, interesting group of customers that everybody gets along. You know, we've never had any, any issues here. Everybody just kind of mingles together and um, uh, they just blend in well. And, and uh, we have a lot of fun. Everybody... Uh, seems to enjoy it, and we enjoy it. And I think the fact that uh, we enjoy it plays into why they enjoy it. So uh, I've got a great crew as well, and that makes a big difference. And I, th- I think there's something unique about you guys. You know, typically in this city and other cities, and I'm not going to name any names, but when you get cigar shops that open close to a downtown or a nightlife area, the it, they tend not to be the shops that attract regular cigar smokers. 
They tend to be more of your bar atmosphere. And one of the things that I think you guys have done very, very well is create an atmosphere that you're open late, so you attract all kinds of crowds. You know, you've got a full bar, so you, you do have a great nighttime crowd, but it's still a cigar lounge for cigar guys or women. You know, it's it's for cigar people, and everyone feels welcome. I was, you know, I was a little nervous when I came in the first time because of the location, trying to figure out what the vibe was going to be like, and felt at home immediately. Yeah, well, I'm glad you felt that way. We, we try to create that atmosphere. Um, I jokingly tell people that Sunday through Thursday we're a cigar lounge, and uh, Friday and Saturday we kind of turn into a bar. And uh, that's because Friday and Saturday night, we, we uh, one, there's a lot more people here, uh, so it's a lot louder, a lot uh, more crowded. Um, but we also tend to have more tourists coming through, and uh, they'll come in, and, and uh, you know, they can't believe the vibe in a cigar lounge where, you know, um, uh, you know the music's playing, and, um, you know, it kind of feels like a bar, but everybody's smoking cigars. <laughs> and uh, so it's a lot, it's a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, we, you know, you can't be all things to all people, but uh, during the week, um, there's still enough people in here that there's an energy or a vibe that kind of matches the gulch, mm-hmm. and uh, I think people enjoy that. Um, uh, Friday and Saturday, you know, it could be a little crowded in here and maybe not what you would picture a regular cigar lounge to be like, um, but um, everybody's really open, and, you know, when we're crowded and, you know, you got a table with four seats and three of them are occupied. They'll pull the chair out and say, here, come here and join us. And, and yeah. you know, people just meet each other. And, uh, you know, we've got tourists sitting with regulars and just talking about Nashville and, and cigars. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good vibe. And um, the store was designed to have kind of a, uh, for lack of a better word, a, a Soho type of feel to it. And it kind of has that look. And, and um, uh, we try to maintain that, and, and everybody just has a good time. So um, I think it does kind of have a, a, a comfortable feel to it when people come in and, and you know, feels like a neighborhood uh, cigar lounge. Even when it gets crowded, it feels that way. Absolutely. Well, we did have a breach in etiquette. I was about to call you on that. I, I figured you were going to catch me on it. We haven't told our listeners what we're smoking. We haven't. And I think, so... Larry, usually we light our cigar on the air, but this afternoon we lit it before. And actually, we actually lit our cigar in the humidor. Should which, I take blame for that? Well, lighting a cigar in the humidor feels like drinking in church. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little awkward. We both came out here and commented at how awkward that felt <laughs> to light up in a humidor. Well, leave it to me to be a rule breaker. <laughs> <laughs> but, so what we're smoking tonight is the Grupo de Mastro's small batch. Private batch. Private batch. Yep. And this is a Dominican Puro. And I'm getting um, just real complex, but I'm getting a lot of butter, a lot of nut, a lot of just uh, really not sweet flavors, but just smooth, really. I commented on that from the cold draw. I mean, the, the yeah. cold draw immediately, that buttery flavor to it was just really powerful and something that I'm really enjoying. Yeah, that's what I tasted too. These just arrived today. Um, uh, limited release. Um, not all the Casas even are going to be able to get them. Um, uh, so uh, uh, they didn't have enough to go around. We were fortunate. We uh, did really well with the uh, Grupo de Maestro uh, private batch uh, that came out last year. And um, uh, so they selected us to get these. And they just came in today. And <laughs> I guess uh, uh, 
I came in late today, and they said, hey, they came in today, so I said, let's smoke them. And uh, uh, so we're, we're, we're all trying them out at the same time. Well, I certainly appreciate the, the exclusive look. It's, uh, it's a cigar that I, I had one of, the, one of last year's, and I really enjoyed it. So this one, this is a great follow-up. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, Grupo de Maestro, a uh, group of special blenders that Altidus employs. And uh, thus far, I've liked a lot of the stuff that they've produced. And um, uh, they work for not just Monte Cristo, but uh, uh, Romeo, uh, Upman, uh, uh, you know, Gisbert, Henry Clay, all the, all the different brands that Altidus uh, owns. But they work on special projects for them. And, you know, they kind of get their pick of tobaccos. And, and um, uh, they do a lot of limited release stuff. But uh, the stuff they've done that we've gotten in has all been really good. So... Uh, and it seems to sell pretty well here. These are pretty reasonably priced, and I think we'll sell a lot of these. Okay, so day in, day out, what's your workhorse cigar? What's the first cigar you grab? <laughs> what's the cigar that's the workhorse of your humidor? For me personally or for our humidor? Well, for you personally <laughs> first. Well, I smoke about five a day, so it's hard to pick just one out for that. Um, uh, I try not to smoke the same cigar more than once a week, so I, I, I really try to vary it up because I don't want to get tired of, of any one cigar. Um, uh, so I don't know that I have an actual workhorse. Um, the Grupo de Maestro uh, from Upman, uh, which is a, a light-medium cigar mm-hmm. that they did. with a, It's a Connecticut with a Maduro tip. Um, I try to always make sure I squeeze that in once a week. Uh, because it's a really flavorful uh, Connecticut wrap cigar, which is, um, uh, in the past, I thought maybe that was an oxymoron, a flavorful Connecticut. But um, uh, I smoke that at least once a week as, as a standard, uh, and sometimes I'll cheat and do that twice a week. Um, uh, I like that one a lot, um, but it would not be an evening cigar for me. That's one that would be like my first cigar of the day. Um, I also like smoking one of the Monty's, Monty Originals. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like making sure I smoke one of those every week um, just to kind of take me back to, you know, uh, our company's roots. Uh, that kind of has a kind of a buttered toast taste to it. And um, uh, I like tasting that every week. I, I got away from that one for a long time. And uh, when I went back to it a few months ago and tasted it, I'm like, Oh, yeah, there it is. That, you know, that's a pretty good cigar. <laughs> that familiar flavor. That familiar yeah. flavor. Um, yeah, you know, certainly it's not the Cuban, um, which I wish we could get, but, you know, it doesn't, life doesn't work that way. But uh, I always try to smoke one of those. Um, uh, the Monte um, uh, Club Cabinet. Um, uh, we, we carry the number 50, and I brought that one in after we opened up because I wanted something to smoke with my morning coffee. <laughs> and and uh, that's one that, that I smoke every week um, for starter cigars, you know, uh, early in the day. Um, uh, I'm an Alec Brand- Bradley fan, so I smoke a lot of, of uh, uh, moon, moon Dials, okay. uh, which is uh, Honduran tobacco, uh, seven different tobaccos. I really like that one um, as a midday cigar. Um, I'm a big fan of Roma Craft. Uh, like the Neanderthal a lot. I smoke a lot of those. I, I love think, that cigar. I think that's a really good cigar. Um, I smoke uh, the Flor d'Antilly from my father is a good cigar that's on my regular rotation. Um, the uh, A lot of the Crown Heads. I'm a, I'm a Crown Head fan. Uh, 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 Mike uh, Condon and, and Wes Thornton, are uh, I consider them good friends. And uh, a lot of their cigars are just tremendous. Um, uh, been smoking a lot of the Black Lab. 
That uh, is so good. Which is a really good cigar, I agree. And uh, uh, limited edition, but uh, we were fortunate enough to get enough that we're, we're still hanging on to a few. Um, uh, so I love smoking that one. But, uh, you know, the Lost Calaveras are always good every year. And and um, uh, certainly uh, the Jericho Hill is one that I like to smoke on a reasonably regular basis. Um, uh, I'm a huge Crown Heads fanboy. So yeah. I, th- th- they can do no wrong in my yeah, eyes. I, I go through most of theirs in the course in my in the course of my week where I'm trying not to smoke two of anything. Uh, I'll go through almost their entire line during the course of the week. And what did you think of the Buckeye Land? I love the Buckeye Land um, uh, more than anything. I like the fact that it's it's not a copy of the the Waltz or the Yellow Rose. Right. I they went it. all different with the blend yeah, on it. I love that it's different. Um, uh, I love the flavor on it. Uh, um, uh, we've sold a lot of them and we'll continue to sell a lot of them, I'm sure. Um, uh, you know, that wall, we take a lot of tourists to that wall, you know, Nashville original and all that. Right. And, uh, you know, we can always sell uh, uh, several crown heads to a tourist. And uh, I also love the fact that um, most of their cigars have a really cool story behind them. And um, for tourists, um, and and this is not talking down about tourists or anything, but um, you can talk about blends and how cigars smoke and everything, but I'm a big believer that many times the story sells the cigars. And, you know, whether it's the Los Calaveras or the, the Tennessee Waltz or the Buckeye Land or, or Jericho Hill or whatever, there's always something interesting, you know, a little quick interesting story about the cigar that grabs a tourist. And, and, and they'll go, I've got to have one of those. And I think they do that about as good as anybody, if I, not I the best. totally agree. That's why I mention it is uh, there, there's so many cool things you can talk about with their company uh, that uh, uh, when you mention those things, you can just see their eyes light up. And, yeah. You know, whether it's for them or it's a gift for uh, a family member back home, uh, you know, because uh, they'll say, oh, my da- I got to get one of those for my dad. You know, he was a Johnny Cash fan, so right. I got to get a Jericho Hill or, or whatever it is. Uh, they're looking for that kind of story because they want to tell that story when they get back home. And uh, so I, I love Crownhead for that reason. Plus, the cigars are great. Right. And, and you feel uh, like you're a part of something. You know, absolutely. you feel like you're in on the joke, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so I, that's a great company and uh, well-deserving of the success they're having. And uh, we, we love feeling like we're partners with them and uh, try to do as many things with them as we can. And um, uh, another interesting company is Southern Draw. Uh, oh, yeah. With their connection to veterans. Shane's a huge everything. fan of Southern yeah, Draw. Southern, yeah. I got hooked on Southern Draw up here. I love the story behind it. I love the, the veteran-owned aspect of it. And the cigars are just, The Rose of Sharon. Right. Very easily could have been my favorite new smoke I smoked last year. Yeah, yeah. Because it just had. But it's one of those that had a story behind it. And all because my mother's name is Sharon, and she had yep. a bush, Rose of Sharon, out front in my grandmother's house and all that. But it was just an outstanding cigar. Exactly. Robert And Robert's a great guy, great personality. And uh, uh, so that's another one you can tell some good stories about when you're, when you're talking about cigars. And uh, we don't really view it even as selling cigars. It's, it's just talking about cigars. And, you know, the customers make their own, their own buying decisions. I want to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. I, I want to talk about something you mentioned with the Grupo de Maestro uh, H. Upman. That is something that that you you touched on about being a very flavorful Connecticut and how, and that's something I've been talking about a lot lately. Is I, when I first got into cigars sixteen years ago, 
it, it, you know, Connecticut was mild. Connecticut was mild. And, and as my palate developed into stronger and stronger cigars, lately I've been going back to that Connecticut. I feel like people are now starting to do some really great things with that Connecticut wrapper and, and brings it's no longer just Connecticut equals mild. You get some great flavor. The uh, San Cristobal Elegancia is one yeah. of my favorites in that. Uh, so so hearing your review on a flavorful Connecticut, I think that's something I'm starting to see more and more people do. Yeah, and we're, they're even encouraging us to start using the term mellow instead of mild. And, um, uh, you know, the Caldwell Tea Connecticut is a, a, a pretty good uh, Connecticut. Uh, of course, my father's Connecticut has always been a really good Connecticut. Oh, yes. Um, uh, so, you know, uh, obviously I was talking in uh, generalization, but um, there are some good Connecticut's out there. Um, but again, using this, uh, going back to the telling a story, when you can pick that group of the Meister up, especially the Torpedo, and show them that dark tip. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh. There's something different something they can different, actually yeah. see as opposed to you just telling them about it. And uh, sometimes that makes the difference in them trying that. And uh, I've had customers come back in after smoking it. Hey, I like that. I really like that. Can you can you tell me another Connecticut cigar that has some flavor that I could try, you know, as I branch out? And then we can take them to, you know, the My Father or, or Caldwell or San Cristobal or one of the others. And, um, uh, you know, they're ready to try something else. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, that you know, this is an exciting time to be in the cigar industry. There's so many good things going on. So and, much innovation. Uh, absolutely. It's a, it's a whole new world right now. And uh, uh, as long as the FDA doesn't uh, uh, handcuff everybody to the point of uh, uh, starvation on new products, we're going to be fine, you know. Uh, the industry's in great hands as far as blending goes. Right. That was actually one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was the FDA and how how much that impi- impacts you guys day to day. Is it something that you're constantly staying up? I mean, I know you have to to a certain extent, um, but with everything looking like we're going to get the cigar exemption, what are what are your thoughts on what's going on with the FDA right now? Well, I re- you know I read what everybody reads, and you know I don't I don't get any uh, extra insight or anything other than what's published. Um, uh, you know, being part of a bigger company, we have people that um, you know smarter minds than I that keep keep up with that and stay ahead of it. Um, but you know, I try to read everything that's out there, and uh, of course, it's a lot of speculation. And anytime the government's involved, you just never know, you know, when somebody's ego is going to get involved and maybe uh, muck up the process. But um, as far as our day-to-day world, you know, so far it hasn't been a huge impact other than, you know, I see that this is going to sound pretty shallow, but I see the cigar boxes changing with the labels and everything. And what a shame, you know, because that's a beautiful part of the industry and the artwork and everything. And It is. And, uh, you know, we're getting boxes in with these huge labels, you know, blocking a third of the box on the top. And and um, uh, that's a shame to see that. And, um, uh, you know, we have artists that come in that, you know, get empty boxes to do things with them. And uh, luckily right now, most of them are adhesive uh, labels that can come right off. But uh, long term, if that goes that way, I think you'll see boxes being made with the artwork not underneath that label. Right. And um, that's really going to take away from that part of it. Um, as far as the blends and things, the big companies uh, like Altidus in general, they continue to come out with a lot of new stuff. Um, you know, they don't seem to have any fear about coming out with new stuff. And, and uh, But you also see them bringing back things that, um, 
would be grandfathered in uh, mm-hmm. with the other uh, 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 rules and things. Uh, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, some of the things that went away were pretty good. Um, there's a lot of boutique companies that continue to kind of roll along, but uh, the number of collaborations that we see right now, and and you know, I don't know if that's just because it's a small industry and everybody knows everybody, or if that's a way to kind of hedge your bets on uh, what might happen later. You know, if the worst happens, I'm right. not sure. Um, uh, I'm sure probably a little bit of both. Um, but we do continue to see good things come out and interesting things come out, and I hope that continues. Um, but I suspect that some of that is because of, you know, what if the worst happens, how can we protect ourselves? Right. Um, I'd, I'd like to see it resolved just so we could get, you know, some conclusion and find out what the future looks like. And I'm confident that the industry will deal with whatever happens in a, in a good way, in a positive way, because this is a real time of growth in our industry. And uh, you see a lot more people coming back to cigars right now. And, and um, you know, I think the train is rolling down the tracks and um, uh, whatever happens may slow it down, but I don't think it's going to stop it. And uh, that, that's uh, kind of what I know. Right. Uh, what I don't know is a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> and so, we'll, we'll see what, that have, what, what goes forward after that. So when you decided to go to work for Altadis, did they have a program they put you through? Did, what, was the, what did the training look like? Um, well, after I applied for the position, um, I did some interviewing and then um, did some training there in my store with uh, uh, my manager and, and, and my leadership there. And then I spent some time in uh, Mooresville at the Casa de Monte Cristo in Mooresville, uh, which is a great location, a big store, um, a beautiful spot, big bar, patio, the whole bit, and uh, did some training there and then went up to uh, New Jersey and visited the stores in Whippany and Paramus and spent some time up there training, traveled around with the regional manager up there, uh, some training there, and then uh, I arrived in Nashville um, about two months before our opening, and we, we you know, started looking at hiring, um, getting the store built, and um, we actually started canvassing the Gulch um, about a month before we opened and uh, continuing my training here with that. And then, you know, we have some ongoing training programs, both online and uh, uh, in Fort Lauderdale in our office down there. And, uh, you know, I consider my training still to be ongoing. Um, uh, We're coming up on two years this May of being open. And, uh, you know, still a lot I don't know. Um, I just recently passed my uh, uh, certified retail tobacconist uh, certification. Uh, which all of our managers just went through. Oh, wow. Uh, so we all all passed that together this spring. Uh, and I think that's important for us to, you know, kind of solidify that uh, uh, from an industry standpoint, we're qualified to be in our positions and um, uh, be part of, uh, of the industry in that way. Uh, we'll, we'll cascade that down to our staffs. Uh, over the next year, we'll uh, we'll train the assistant managers of the stores that have assistants and the leads and... Uh, you know, long term, um, I could see maybe all of our stores having uh, most of their staff certified uh, as uh, certified tobacconists. And um, uh, that's what the training looked like. And then, of course, we have weekly, you know, weekly management meetings. And uh, uh, the other good thing about our company that I really love is the shared knowledge that 
Um, uh, I know my peers in the other stores, uh, if something comes up that I haven't dealt with that they have, I can just pick up the phone. And uh, whether it's Joanna Mooresville or uh, one of the managers down in Texas or uh, Florida, um, uh, which are all stores that are in my region, I can call any one of them and say, hey, you know, this came up. I've never dealt with it before. I think you have. And they will uh, go to the ends of the earth to help me out. And uh, same with my regional manager, uh, Gaston, uh, very, very helpful and cooperative. And, um, you know, there's pros and cons uh, in every industry to whether you're a corporate uh, store or a uh, small entrepreneurship. Um, I don't really view that any one is better or worse than the other. But one of the advantages to the corporation is that I have a lot of resources I can call on, uh, whether it's for marketing or um, merchandising or, or anything like that. Uh, there's absolutely no limit to the number of people that I can contact for help. So we're coming up on the break, and then we're going to let Hutch come in here and talk. Sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> As you can tell, I could go for an hour or two if oh, you needed me to. And, and I wish we could. Yeah, I would this love is, I wish this could is do a series. <laughs> Um, last question I've really got. I want you to, So here's what I love about this store. It's just cigars. There's no vaping. There's no CBD. There's no pipe tobacco. There's no cigarettes. There's... Run down the features of the store for me. Hit me the top top four or five features. I know you've got a locker program. I know you've got memberships. Tell me all about it. We do. So um, uh, as we like to say, we're a humidor with a small bar. So uh, when you walk in, we've got, I think, the largest humidor in Nashville. Um, pretty good selection. We don't have everything, but uh, it's, a, it's a pretty good-sized humidor. Um, uh, accessories, you know, humidors, lighters, cutters, uh, all that type of stuff. Uh, so everything you need for cigar smoking, we pretty much have. Uh, we do have a membership program, um, a platinum membership, which includes a locker. Uh, and they're all sold out right now, so we have a waiting list on lockers. Uh, that's $600 a year. And uh, for the $600 a year, you get 10% off in the humidor and in the bar for the full year. Um, we have a gold membership, which is um, $300 a year. And uh, while you don't get the locker for that, you do get 10% off in the uh, humidor and in the bar year-round. Uh, then we do have a full bar, um, uh, liquor, beer, um, uh, wine, uh, and then, of course, you know, soft drinks, coffee, water, etc. cetera. Um, uh, all, of those, uh, all of those levels of membership include the right to uh, uh, reserve space for parties and things like that as well, although we don't have a separate uh, VIP room. Uh, we block off part of the bar for those type of events. Um, uh, we're involved with um, uh, all kinds of people around town, and um, uh, you know we have events with them and for them, um, which will sometimes block off part of the facility. Our uh, lounge is separated into two areas, the bar area and the, uh, uh, the lounge area just outside the humidor. It's all connected and open, but uh, there is kind of a distinction between the two. So if we have a private party, um, we can block off the, uh, uh, the lounge area next to the humidor and make that a separate area. Um, uh, but it's not a separate room, so to speak. We also have a patio um, that belongs to us just outside. Um, uh, we've got 12 chairs out there right now. We could bring in more if we needed to. And then, of course, we're in, we're in the gulch uh, right around the corner from uh, Rudy's Jazz Club. 
uh, peg leg porker, stock and barrel, night train pizza, chef and I. So a lot of number of restaurants here in the area. They're really good. Uh, we're friends with all of them. Uh, they're friends with us. And, um, of course, um, uh, you know, we're walking distance to the gulch. Uh, and technically we're in the gulch, but we're in the south end of the gulch. Um, kind of the edgier end, as it were. <laughs> and um, uh, we kind of like it that way, though. It fits us pretty well. But this area has really improved uh, since we moved in. Um, the street's really booming. Uh, a lot of new businesses on this street. Absolutely. And um, uh, limited parking, um, limited free parking. There's plenty of pay parking, but limited free parking right in front of the store. Um, beyond that, you have to park in the pay lot next to the uh, abandoned building next to us. But hopefully that'll get resolved one day. Excellent. Well, Larry, thank you for taking the time and sitting down with us tonight. Um, we're going to take a quick break, talk about the cigar under eight, and then we're going to get Hutch in here, and we're going we're gonna to find out all the all the dirty secrets of Cassidy Monte Cristo. Love to have you guys here. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Okay, this is Hutz with Casa de Monte Cristo again. I've been asked to, to provide a cigar under eight for today's show, and I recommended the Alec Bradley Max. Uh, at Casa de Monte Cristo, we have the Fix, F-I-X version at the low price of $5.75. It's a great stick. It's long fillers from Honduras, Nicaragua, Colombia, Mexico, a Costa Rican binder, and a Nicaraguan Habano wrapper. It's it's dark, it's medium, it's tasty, and I've smoked them for years. And for the money, for $5.75, it's a really great smoke. That cigar has, when first time I smoked that cigar, it almost has a cool smoke to it. It's kind of, I hate to say menthol because that's a cigarette flavor, but it does kind of have that cool menthol type feel to it. Yeah, this was the first box of cigars I ever bought. I, I'm a huge fan of this cigar. And, it, and it's not one of their flagships. They, they're, I don't think they promote it much anymore, if at all. But it's, yeah, and the freak in it, I mean, the big one, which is the one I like, it's what, $7.75? Still yes. under 8 Correct. Yep. And also, until next week, everyone, smoke a... Alec Bradley Max. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is Shane sitting across from Trey at Casa de Monte Cristo. Welcome back, everybody. We've switched guests. I don't think we've never done this before we in the haven't. podcast. No, we've had one slip out at the break, but never replaced with uh, another guest. This is a first. Well, so sitting with us now is one of, one of the people that I love to come up here to see. I'm not going to talk you up too much, Hutch, but I, I get joy when I walk in and see you in the humidor. We talk about the people that bring the party, and Hutch brings a party. Well, thank you for having me. I'm <laughs> delighted to be here, and as you know, I'm a loyal listener to the podcast. Well, we certainly appreciate that. Um, so we were talking with Larry a little bit about just kind of the, the inner workings of the shop. Uh, I know you are, are mostly kind of a consultant in, in the humidor. You know, you're, you're working there most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's kind of a day in the what's it What's it like to work in the humidor here? Well, I am a longtime cigar smoker. So uh, a little bit of my background, I worked 30 years for an oil company based here in Nashville, retired, 
uh, coached soccer after I retired from the oil company, um, substitute taught at the school I coached, and then this opportunity came available for uh, when Casa de Monte Cristo came to Nashville. So it was a natural fit for me being a lifelong cigar smoker. So who wouldn't want to work where you can have a cigar in your mouth all day? Right. So that is one of the drivers for me is to be here, talk cigars with people all day, smoke cigars all day. Now, there is an element of work involved, you know, the, the getting in the weeds and labeling cigars and accepting inventory and and uh, meeting with a wide array of customers. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I wouldn't do it if it wasn't a lot of fun, but we have a lot of fun here. So was this your first foray into working in a cigar shop? Correct. I just was on the smoking end for many years. I grew, good... I grew up in a family of cigar smokers. Okay. I remember my uncle smoking lots of Fuente Candelas back in the 60s. My dad was the thrifty smoker, the Phillies, White Owls, King Edwards. Uh, the Dutch Masters. <laughs> the Dutch Masters. Yeah. So uh, this gives me, uh, I was never much of the high-end cigar smoker till I started working here. But now that I'm here, you know, I, I enjoy a 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, $20 cigar you know, or two, you know, regularly. It's quite so enjoyable. does Shane, as listeners understand. <laughs> he, he, could, he had to get that little I had to. Which, by the way, this Grupo de Maestro that we're smoking mm-hmm. is unbelievable. It, it is really just, is. And I love the torpedo shape. Now, I always feel like the torpedo shape delivers the flavor to me more concentrated than what the Churchill. And I'll, where, where are you at on, on the Vitola of your cigar? Well, just to speak to that cigar, uh, unless you have already mentioned it, it just came in today. So, and it is a very, very uh, exclusive offering for Casa de Monte Cristo. And based on the very successful, I guess that was a Toro size that was in there before uh, that we still have. But it, it's a delightful stick. I mean, and I haven't smoked mine yet. I'm smoking a Monte Cristo Nicaragua series that was introduced at the cigar show in Vegas. This is actually uh, an AJ Fernandez blend. I don't know if you knew that or not. And then the I've Romeo. Actually, I've actually had that cigar and love it. Yeah, it's a great stick. And then the Romeo they brought out in July is a Placencia. The Romeo Nicaragua is a Placencia blend. So. You know, before I started working here, I didn't get into the weeds with that kind of cigar knowledge. But now that I do, it's kind of fun. So we, we asked Larry what his workhorse cigar of the day is, and he, he gave us a team of workhorses. What's your workhorse cigar? What's the go-to cigar for Hutch? <sighs> that is such a difficult question, and I'll answer it two ways. First of all, when I get guests come into the humidor, they always want to know what I'm smoking because usually what I'm smoking smells good to them. Mm -hmm. So I always share that. So for our customers, guests to come in, usually the one in my hand is my favorite one at that point in time. But as far as go-tos, I would say the Grupo de Maestros, which we have sold bucus of since we got them in November. That's a Grupo de Maestro Monte Cristo 2018-19 edition. Um, I'm a big Siri V. Milanio lover. That's a great uh, cigar. My father, the judge, um, believe it or not, the Camacho Corojo, 
and I'm leaning towards the Sumatra Corojo just as my workhorse cigar. That's a great... The, the Corojo and Sumatra are great because they, they bring so much flavor to the party, but you don't have to get into the weeds of, of you know, trying to taste it. And you could just you get all the flavor up front, and it doesn't require a lot of work. It's something that you can enjoy while you're doing other stuff. Not a lot of pepper burn, just smooth, but lots of flavor, and just very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't smoke them every day, but that's sort of like, if I was going to the beach, I would make sure I had them in my travel humidor. Now, on the strong end, um, Intenso by Gispert um, is one of my go-tos on the strong end. Uh, Any of the LFDs, which unfortunately at Casa, we don't have a lot of LFDs, so I usually have them on the top shelf of my humidor (laughs) since I can't readily get them here. Um, Ligas. You know, the the Nines and uh, Esteban Carrera, Mr. Brownstone is one of my favorites, if it's a good one, because their consistency is a little erratic. Okay, I'm going to go TMZ on you. Go ahead. Being as you're here in Music City, I know Ron mm-hmm. White came in here one night. Yeah. And uh, who's, the, who's the biggest star to walk through these doors? We have a lot. I mean, it's it's hard to just... A lot of the big shots that come in here, you don't even know they're big shots until you have a conversation with them and find out they've produced some wildly successful movie or wildly successful artists. Um, Regular people here, Joe Bonamasso, Hunter Hayes, um, Eddie George. Now, I'm breaching a confidence because when somebody comes to the cigar lounge, they want anonymity, (laughs) and they don't get overrun with people wanting autographs or selfies. But, uh, you know, those are are folks that are in here pretty regular. But Joe Bonamassa, so underrated. I love his Mm -hmm. work. And actually, one of the guys that's a regular at the other shop that we always talk to is a guitar tech for him. Oh, cool. And uh, so we always get to see him, and um, he talks about... Joe Bonamassa has a, a part or a condo here in Nashville mm-hmm. that actually overlooks Titan Stadium. So they'll sit on the deck and watch the Titans game. Very nice. From his place. That's Very pretty nice. cool. And also, I'm an etiquette guy. Okay. Cigar etiquette guy. I know that. I've listened. <laughs> <laughs> As somebody that works in the cigar shop every day and listens to the podcast, mm-hmm. what's the piece of etiquette you want to pass on to everybody? Gosh, there's so many. Yeah, the one the one that springs to mind is the one that everyone hates, the licking the cigar <laughs> before it gets cut. Uh, I do have, if you've noticed, I do have hand sanitizer at both stations so I can sanitize the cutters <laughs> after somebody breaches that etiquette. Um, how about sniffing every cigar? We'll have people that peruse the humidor for an hour, like literally putting every cigar to their nose <laughs> through the cellophane most of the time as well <laughs> both uh, and in the flu and cold season it's it's difficult for someone to accost a guest and say don't do that please right but you know a lot of people like to smell the the, the, the tobacco of the cigar before they smoke it so typhoid mary put that down just, that's just <laughs> one of the things that we've just come to kind of expect here at casa de monte cristo so, another 
off-brand question because I have to ask. Yeah. Have you ever had to ask somebody to stop playing their guitar in the shop? Mm. They have a couple of friends, they're smoking cigars, and all of a sudden somebody pulls out a guitar. Very. I, I can think of that happening very... Not very much, I, and I've never asked anybody to stop. Now, the only person I ever did stop, uh, this young lady, she came in, she cracked her case, played for somebody. I went up and asked if she was 21, because uh, we are a lounge, and you've got to be 21 to be in here. So I had to ask her to leave. She had to put her guitar away and do the walk of shame out the door, because <laughs> not only did she not have ID, she did confess that she wasn't 21. So, well, now, so it wasn't a matter of talent. It was no, a matter, it wasn't of, a matter of, of talent at all. <laughs> well, I was just saying, that would be terribly tactful. Next time somebody is, uh, is playing something and I want them to quit, I can just go up and ask, hey, um, are you of age? Because she can't get offended when you ask that. Right. And you can get her to quit playing the guitar. <laughs> So there is always that advantage. That's very tactful. Yeah. It, it worked. Um, so one of the questions, and, and Shane kind of stole my thunder a little bit. but That happens one, a lot one, on this show. It, it does. <laughs> one of the questions we always ask uh, first-time guests to the show is your Desert Island cigar. So money's no object, unlimited quantities, but one cigar, and that's it. What's your Desert Island cigar? Well, I don't mean to sound boring, but I'd probably go back to the Oliva Siri V. Melanio. If that was the only cigar I could take, I would probably take that. That's a great choice. Although I do work for Casa de Monte Cristo. We won't tell them. We only have two people listen to the show, and one of them is you, so we're good. On the Altadis... (laughs) Alex, don't tell nobody. On the Altadis side, I would say the the Epic Craft Cured is one of my favorites, but you know your palate kind of changes. Right. So, you know, that hit me really well for a long time. So, uh, but I'd say the Siri V. Milanio. Or as some people call it, the Siri 5. (laughs) I've, I've made that mistake before when I the, first... The Olivia, or, you know, there's so many malaprops that go on in the shop. Okay, what's the cigar that you get asked for that you don't carry? What's the one that everybody comes in here and starts asking? Well, I, I like to lift people's hopes because when they come in and ask for the shark, I ask, do you want the shark or the eye of the shark? Because it's two different sticks. And then I have to let them down by saying we don't have either. Uh, <laughs> The bowl, but we do have a San Latano bowl, which is, in my opinion, better than <laughs> the uh, than the LFD bowl. So the bowl was always asked for. Um, that's probably the shark and the bowl. Do you have a lot of people when they, when it's top twenty five list time come in and kind of kind of really ask, start asking for those? Or not you- only do we have people come in and ask for them, the phone starts ringing, and and I know what they want when they're calling. They'll, they'll call and ask for a certain cigar and a certain size that was on the list. And I will usually say, you must be trying to knock out your top 25. And they'll fess up and say, yes, actually, we are. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a great thing. I think it, that's it, something we need to do this year. We've never done that before. I think that might be something we have to try and do this year. Call Hutch and ask him about the top well, 25? <laughs> put, put, put the actual smoke the list. Well, I'll give a plug for, believe it or not, I, I ended up getting the uh, E.P. Carrillo Majestic from Big Boy Cigar in Dixon. That's a new store up there. Right. Robbie is the, is the owner's name. 
and he rat holed some, got a hold of some. He has them now. Um, so my son was in Dixon, so I had him swing by and pick up some. I end up in Dixon a lot. Yeah. I'm going to have to get that Big way. boy cigar. I don't, they don't open to like two or something like that. I, I think was, it's noon. I okay. could be wrong, though. I was thinking uh, there was, was one day I was there, and, and I, I went looking up, and it was going to be by the time I waited around for them to open, at least based on what it said online, or drove back to Nashville, it would have been the same and thing. And it's but. a small, you know... <laughs> Just a just a small kind of you know comfortable shop, and it's got a small comfortable humidor. But he's got some, as all humidors have, has a lot of unique things. Yeah. And if you can get the number one cigar, I haven't I haven't really searched for it. But when I saw he had it on his Facebook page, I was like, well, I'm going to go get some. Is it readily available? I don't know. I haven't seen I it haven't anywhere. seen it anywhere. Yeah. Dixon, Tennessee, <laughs> <laughs> of all places. Next road show, Dixon, Tennessee. Right. Here we go. <laughs> Big Boy Cigar, and I have no affiliation and no investment with it. I'm just letting your listeners know that Robbie has them there. Now, you've had the one thing about this shop, y'all always have top notch employees. I Thank mean, you. Love Jim that worked here yeah. and all he's went on to other things, but loved Jim that worked here. Um, who's the young lady that helped me the other time? Laney. Laney's excellent. She's a good gal. Um, you, y'all always. How do y'all retain such a such a high quality? Just luck. Well, I'm retired, so I work for cigars. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm not here as a you know as a only income. Um, I you know cigar smokers in general tend to gravitate toward cigar lounges. So if you like the feel and the vibe of a cigar lounge, it's a good place to work. And if you don't, it's not a good place to work. But you know, we're going on two years here. And when it quits being fun, I'm not going to do it anymore. But knock on wood, it's still fun. I enjoy it. So, Have you been here since the beginning? Yes. Yeah, Larry and I are the last, last men standing. Oh, wow. Yes, sure enough. So give me the, I'm, a, I'm a storyteller at heart. What was your favorite night in here? What was the night that really you went home and you were like, wow, I, I wish that had never ended? That's a really hard question. Because usually at the end of the night, I want to get out of here. No offense, I know that kind of blows a hole in your, you know. We're I mean, get this if, podcast you, over in six minutes. He's <laughs> off at six, and he's gone. Have you have you ever worked at a place where you've been like eight hours in a loungy area, especially if you're serving drinks and bussing tables? It's like you're tired by the end of it, and it's it's like let's go, people. Uh, but we'll stay open if there's a crowd and if the ball game's on and it's interesting, but. I, unfortunately, I can't dredge up some really, really unique story of when I loved it. I mean, I, I really do. I enjoy it every day here. But do what I do. Just make something up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even make up anything good. You, you, you stump me, and that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> so what's one of the things, you know, you've, you've been around enough cigar shops in different areas. What's one of the things for you that sets this place apart? Well, certainly not the parking. <laughs> uh, Although I've been at shops with worse. Boy, I can't think of any that have a worse parking situation because that is probably the general, you know, black mark on people that visit us is your parking sucks. And all I can respond is you're in downtown Nashville. Go to a Preds game, go to a nice restaurant, and try to park for free. If Get one of those scooter death machines and come over here. Yeah, we have a lot of people to do that too, but... Uh, 
Well, next time they complain, just tell them to go to Burns downtown Chattanooga if they want to really complain about it. Well, I walked there last (laughs) summer. I walked there from the Choo Choo. My wife and I stayed there. Nice 30-minute walk, but it was pleasant. It was was a nice walk. But, uh, you know, um, know, as far as parking goes, that's probably the only negative. I think Patrick and our other uh, bartenders are great. Um, Our selection is great. And for your listeners, don't come in looking for Davidoffs, Kristoffs, or Gurkhas, because that's about the three lines that we don't carry. But we have just about a, a smattering of everything else. So, uh, you know, the selection's great. Larry is the nicest guy in the world. You were, you were speaking with the nicest guy in the world. I wondered what that 20 change in hands was for. Uh, that, <laughs> that, that has nothing to do with it. Larry is just a, one of those... One of the last, you know, of a breed of just a genuinely nice guy, and I hope that came across on his segment because he is it wonderful guy. Did. Wonderful guy. So, cigar culture-wise, are you mm-hmm. noticing any shift in the culture? Are you noticing a different clientele coming in here? What? How much? You've been in the business so long. I'm interested to know how has the industry changed? How has it changed for you? Well, I don't frequent other shops a lot. I just know Casa de Monte Cristo has a quite diverse customer base uh, on a regular basis. And then what's really a lot of fun that we probably get that a lot of other shops don't get are the conventioneers, the tourists. And when I say tourists, I mean people from Norway, London, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Spain, France, lots of people from Canada, um, which I love people from Canada because they're used to $30, $40 cigars up there, so they're an automatic $300 sale because they stock up. Um, (laughs) And they get three times as many cigars for it. Oh, yeah, that $300, instead of getting 10 sticks, they'll get 30 or 40 sticks. So, uh, yeah, the, the... we have a real unique clientele and like a lot of retail businesses when we open there might not be anybody here for the first hour and then an hour and a half later you got 20 people here and I'm the only person here or a Friday and Saturday night it is packed wall to wall people I mean wall to wall people and that's when our uh, our ventilation system really comes in handy when you got 100 people smoking cigars and I'm, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. Y'all have the best ventilation system in the business. Absolutely. I've been in lounges all over the country. I have to admit, I've been in Blend, and Blend's is pretty darn nice. Uh, and theirs is also, I don't know if, I, I detect a scent, like they infuse a scent into their, their air. But they've got a great air system, too. I've also never seen them with as many people smoking at once as I do here. I would probably agree with that. But, you know, there's a lot of good cigar lounges in here. The owner of Bell Mead Cigars was in here earlier today, and we were chatting about that. Just the general, you know, state of the business. And, you know, there's room for more cigar lounges in Nashville, in my opinion. So I'm waiting right. for one to come out to Bellevue where I'm, where I'm at. I still say, uh, I, I still say you guys ought to buy the old closed-down Shoney's there next to the gun range. 
standalone, put a couple million dollars down, buy it, put another million into improvements. You're right on the interstate. You're standalone. You're next to a gun range. You got the hockey arena going up. It'd be a perfect place, except every 1,000 Are you years. writing this down, Shane? Business opportunity coming up. <laughs> so what's the cigar when it comes in that Hutch puts a few aside for himself that you... Did you, did you say, oh, yeah, the, we're going to sell half a box of these because some of these are going home with me. You know, i got several humidors, but it is a real wide assortment of this, that, and the other because we have a wide assortment of this, that, and the other in humidors. So, you know, I mean, I've been rat-holing the Grupos, the Maestros, because those are a limited edition. So that would probably be one that would be the, the one that I sock away on my daily smoke. If I don't smoke it here, it goes home in the humidor. So the lounge is great. The people are great. We have a lot of fun every time I come up here. I bring my wife up here. She's perfectly Mm -hmm. comfortable up here. Y'all have a lot of lady smokers come up here. We have a lot of lady smokers. And it's, it's, it's not, this is kind of, like you said, this is less boys club than your average lounge. This is going to be a lot more open and everybody comes in and we've talked about it on the show the cigar culture is so welcoming that it's that it's a lot of fun i agree and i would like to see more women participate i i I don't know if there are organizations out there if there are give the shop a call we'd love to host an event you know to celebrate cigar women in nashville you know smoking i mean it's I, I like women. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> so, and, you know, it's especially uh, impressive when we have a, some of the females that smoke are really, really knowledgeable. I mean, they are really up on who's blending what and what's in that cigar and why they like it or why they don't like it. It's impressive. I, I've really been, really been impressed with the knowledge of a lot of our regulars, including... Uh, our women customers that they come here regularly. So if somebody comes in here and says, Hutch, put me on a cigar, and they're new to cigars, they're not big smokers, they're, you know, the average smoker smokes one or two a month. And I'll, who, what do you put them on? What do you put on that specialty customer? Well, if, if, I come out of sales. So, you know, it's always good to listen to people. You know, what do you want out of a cigar? right now do you want something just to generate smoke do you want to feel it do you want something that tastes good do you want flavor infused you know we got lots of flavor infused so there's about half a dozen questions that i'll ask before i start steering them to something because i really want them to like what they what i recommend and the other thing that i can offer is sometimes our customer base tells us what's really good by the way they fly out of the boxes so if i've got like new sticks you know everybody's always trying to find new sticks coming out of the vegas show you know the ones that get the repeat buyers you know they're good and that can be like the grupo de maestros upman that connecticut shade it's a great mild stick with flavor so if somebody wants that i don't smoke that often i want something mild you know, I'll point them. I'll point them to that one because that's it's new, it's tasty, it's mild, and it's it's just a great stick. So I, I let I let our guests kind of steer me as to what they want because I do. I have people that will come in and say, "I want the strongest thing you got." 
you know, show me what, show me what my options are. So I'll point out my kind of four or five go-tos, the Romeo 505, the Intenso, the Southern Draw Jacobs Ladder. You know, those are sort of the go-tos. And then, you know, the appearance of the cigar is important, too. They might not be able to smoke a Rose of Sharon because it's got pink in the label. <laughs> so, you know, they'll, they'll eyeball the stick and then, okay, you say and these are all full-body, full-flavor, and, and then they'll, they'll grab the one that, that appeals to them visually. So, Casa de Monte Cristo is unique in that so much of the... Now, we're going to get into the weeds of the cigar business mm-hmm. here. Um, you know, our local Drew Estate rep, this is actually a house um, a house account for them. So, I came in here, our local rep, Kyle, was in here, and he's like, yeah, this is a house account. I just come up here to relax and get away from it. How do, how do you balance kind of when reps come in and they got something new, or how do you... How do you work with reps? How well, does that work? And, and that's a good question, and I don't think I'm uh, letting any kind of secret out here. Since we are part of the Altadas family, we are supplied by the Altadas wholesaler, and therefore we have precious few reps call on us because our inventory comes from a very large um, distributor owned by Altadas. So, for instance, we don't have an LFD rep. We don't have an Oliva rep. We don't have reps like brick-and-mortar shops would have. We, we do have a dedicated Drew Estate rep. His name's Matt. He was in here last week for the event. And Matt caters to the 29 Casa de Monte Cristos. That's all he serves. That's a sweet gig. So, but he is, he's a great rep, very dynamic works his tail off really you know what what do you expect out of an event you expect swag you expect free sticks with purchase you you expect somebody to be really involved and excited and he is um so you know we're a little different in that respect we're not fending off dozens of reps so coming in and Trey anytime you want to chime in chime in no no, you're having fun go for it I I feel like I'm monopolizing well I monopolized the first half of the show so I figured (laughs) (laughs) but so so many different people come in here it's always something new it's always something exciting coming in um, and I know there's been several times I get the the Cassidy Monte Cristo emails and they're they're excellent to issue out what's coming out what's coming out and What's going to be there? And let's not forget that rewards card. <laughs> I, that was actually something I did want to bring up. We talked about the different membership levels with Larry, um, it, with the um, you know the lockers and the gold membership. But mm. talk about the the member the reward program. Well, we got several things. Uh, one is the rewards card. The rewards card is a card when we have them, and we get we give out hundreds of them, and it is something that when once you get it you immediately start accruing points based on dollars. And you have to go online and, and enroll. And once you enroll, you have to verify the email that comes back to verify that your email address is, in fact, good. But what it affords you is uh, 5% on your purchases. So every $250 spent, you'll get a $12.50 voucher that comes up on the screen of our point of sale and it's like a little Christmas gift, depending on how much money you spend. Um, now, it's not without its warts. It's still got some things, IT things to work out. But about 90% of the people 
particular our regulars are using it regularly and and like the hell out of it because our I think we have some pretty competitive prices out there and this is just another five percent that you get back in your pocket and that is something I want to talk about the prices here are amazing Mm-hmm. They and really all. are. And you would think an exclusive type shop in downtown Nashville, in the Gulch, that you would like some of the other ones around here that you kind of have to mortgage the, the house, the car, and the wife to mm-hmm. buy. Here it ain't that way. It's just, I mean, the prices are, you know, 2 to $5 a stick better on most sticks that you end up purchasing here. Well, and what I was going to add to the rewards card is that we regularly have buy-in deals currently by 10 sticks, you get 15% off each stick. Oh, wow. By 25, you get 25% off each stick. Plus, you get the rewards card 5%. So, yeah, you can, you can do some deals here. Uh, and a lot of our customers were acquainted with the Groupon that we had uh, when we first opened. We had Groupons for the first 12 months. They'll probably, probably be getting back into that. Yeah, I know Shane liquidated you guys one day with those. That's that's, that's <laughs> why you have them. That's why it, I have multiple email addresses for my Grouponing. Don't we all? Don't we all? And you constantly still get calls on the Groupon deals, don't you? Well, you know, you never lose the value of the Groupon that you paid, so I still have people bring in expired Groupons. So, you know, they might have paid $25 for a $50 store credit, but it's still worth $25, so... And I'm not a sales rep for Groupon, but a lot of people don't know that. They think it's expired and it's done and they lost the money. Well, no, you never lose the value that you spent on the Groupon on the front end. You lose the deal, but you don't lose the value. That's good to know. Well, we're we're coming to the end of the show tonight. Been a lot of fun to kind of be here and talk to everybody and see everybody. Like I said, I came up here the first weekend y'all opened. I'm semi-regular. It's a little bit of a stretch to get up here. And all, but it's always yes, it when I'm in the area, I want to come here and have that that cigar experience because it really is kind of an experience type shop to come in and really sit down. I know Trey does a lot of business up here. I do. And well, we're just glad to have you guys here. I know we had talked about it a time or two, and you know, I found out about it an hour and a half ago. So <laughs> it's, hey, better late than never. I, I think it's great. I'm glad to have you and I hope you do it again. I'm glad we were able to pull you away from the humidor and get you to sit down and talk with us. Um, we we def- definitely don't want to step on Crown's toes, you know, if you're that's home base or anything, because we hear a lot, of, we have a lot of people that are Crown regulars that come in here and, you know, they think a lot of Crown. They're, you know, cigar smokers really do get kind of their home shot. But the away game and the cigar tourism, you know, we've been talking the last couple of weeks Mm -hmm. about cigar tourism and how much fun that is and how different it is when you do those sort of things. So don't just get in one cigar shop and say, okay, this is where I'm going to be, you know, from now on. Go out and explore. Go out and explore some different shops, explore some different humidors, find some new things. Well, not to mention another competitor, but I will. That's why, and I haven't been to Bell Mead in a while. But Bell Mead was always a lot of fun to go into. I could just stay in there for an hour in the humidor because they've got boxes from the floor to the ceiling and seeing what kind of oddballs they have there. Or, you know, because every shop's got their own little honey hole of, you know, uh, unique or one-offs or hard to find. And it's that's when I go out of town, that's what I do. You mentioned Burns. That's why I went to Burns. And I did the downtown Chattanooga shop just... 
stroll. My wife sits down and just she knows I'm going to be hunkered down, looking yeah. at every stick in the shop, just checking it out. Well, Trey, how do they get a hold of us? So they get a hold of us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the cigarcast. You can also reach us on Instagram and Twitter at the cigarcast and email info at the cigarcast.com. And Hutch, why don't you give out the hours of the shop for people that want to come check you guys out? Well, we are open, I guess, 363 days a year. We close on Christmas and Thanksgiving. Otherwise, we're always open. Sunday, we are. 11 a.m. till 10 p.m., except during the football season, and we'll stay open till the end of the game. Monday through Friday, Monday through Thursday, we are 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Friday, Saturday, Friday and Saturdays, we're 11 a.m., 11 a.m. to 1 a.m. All right. I should have prepped you for that. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It, it, it comes out. I just have to kick myself. There you go. Well... Thanks again for having us. Thanks for letting us be here and be a part of it. Thank these cigars are amazing. The Grupo de Maestro, I, I have to pronounce judgment of excellent. Absolutely excellent. I mean, just definitely one of those. Can't wait to get my hand on the next one type cigar. And my wife did send me with firm firm instructions to pick up two of the H. Upman Grupo de Maestros to bring home to her. So she's excited about those. She really, we came here Sunday. She had one. She really liked it. So Thanks, everybody, for listening to us this week. And until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm